week, we're talking about Across the Spider-Verse, Gold Rush, and Mike's got a new Blackberry. And now your host, Mike and Deglio. What's up, team? Welcome back. Welcome to K&M Geekly. Just a sneak peek at two geeks chatting about some of the things that are getting them through their week. We welcome you back to the show. Uh, we we took some time to let Keith heal up with his new bionic lower yeah. lower regions. Uh, I, <laughs> it was also Memorial Day, so we, you know we had we had memorialing to do and burgers to eat. You know, it as, was as my it lower regions, not my nether regions, folks. Well, you know they're intrinsically tied. Some would say. I mean, they, they are adjacent. They are. They are. It is. It is nether region adjacent. No, you got lots of well wishes from the from the community at large, Keith. Hopefully, you're feeling better. You look better. No, I I very much appreciate everybody's support. I'm doing great. Uh, healing up pretty well. I'm now. Just about two weeks, two weeks after the mm-hmm. uh, the glue starting to come off. How's the, the lifting? You know, How's the lift? Ooh. Well, I'm not supposed to lift anything over 20 pounds for like six weeks or some Oof. nonsense like that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, and hey, everyone should be proud of me. I'm actually like sticking to that. I'm being diligent about not overdoing it, which is not in my character or my family's character. But here I am. Like I actually, Jillian picked up the cat litter from Costco because hey. it was too heavy. I don't okay. Know, so, I was very proud of myself. So you know, I just picked up some cat litter yesterday, and that stuff is heavy because it's definitely not. Oh my god, we just should, should just do a cat podcast if we should just mm. really. Hundred uh, percent. That that stuff is not cost effective at its lower weights. You have to get right. into like the 30, 40 pound bag before you're before you're getting yeah. your money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the and the Costco thing is like forty two pounds, and like that's more than twice what I can. What I what I'm allowed to lift right now, but uh, that's right. Being responsible, um, we, we're having a we're having an issue with one of the cats. I'm going to open the show. I'm going to come in hot here. Keith. Oh, here we go. So my like the my little he's not a kitten anymore, but my little guy, my little guy Tuxy is who you've seen on the not show. Not so little he, anymore. Yeah, not so little. But he's having like an issue, right? So all of my other cats are pretty short haired, and so is he. But he has quite a bit of growth of, in the. Nether regions in the nether regions, yeah. sure, sure. And so he like, and he's not one for like grooming and stuff. So it's just like kind of a he's mess like down a there. Dude. Yeah. yeah. So he gets some uh, residual residue. Let's say residue, like caught into that area. And his mm-hmm. solution is to just do the old, good old dog butt scoot, which oh, I've yeah, really go. never seen a cat do before. But I should say that yeah, in my rental I, I apartment never... here, I have white carpets. Mm, you do, you do, yeah. And I've been finding like long trails of just oh, sc- oh god, scoot residue. And wow, what a way to begin my Monday morning. <laughs> but so you know, I learned like our first month here. Jen spilled a full glass of red wine on our white carpet. And so yeah. I quickly Googled, how do you deal with this? And apparently the blotting method is very good. So Keith, here I am yeah. yesterday. He, Keith, Jen's yeah. coming home for the couple days. Mm-hmm. And I'm on my hands and knees, paper towels, napkins, whatever I can find, just poop dabbing or yeah. uh, poop blotting. And uh, that's and I kept thinking to myself, I was like, this is, this is what my life's become. This is cat dad. I yeah. mean, hey, look. You, you know, uh, Tuxie's a little long. Have you seen Charlie? Yeah, Charlie a is a full, long-haired cat. And, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, that's an issue. Happily, he does not scoot. Uh, but, oh, yeah, uh, the but scoot no, that's, is, is... We, we need to, you know, you know the not a sponsor yet, Manscape. Oh, yeah. Can help you uh, tidy up your nether regions. We need a cat manscape. Catscape. Or, 
Catscape. We need, we need yeah. a Catscape. Somebody, somebody invent that. Anyway, uh, so we got some stuff to talk about this week. We're so glad yes, to be back. Uh, and, you know, is there anything major we wanted to? Oh, yeah, the, the writer strike's still going on. Yep. There's still stuff happening. There's there's words on the street that some of the other unions are going to get involved, the Directors Guild, as well as yep. sag After, most likely, because uh, there's been really no movement. Yeah, this this one's going to be a long one, I think. Yeah, I think it's is, because th- this is this is like an inflection point, not about like we want twenty more percent. This is like existential mm-hmm. inflection at this point. So there's also a lot of television right now that's wrapping up. So Barry, which is a fan favorite, just finished its series run that happened two mm-hmm. weeks ago. I'm not caught up, so we're not going to talk about that. Neither Secession, fin- which is being being heralded by all as one of the greatest television shows ever made, and I just started. Do you watch it? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we just I, I, started I plan the journey. To. I plan yeah. to. We just started yeah. the journey. We're four episodes in, and everybody I've talked to is like, the first season, don't judge by the first season, it's slow. I think the first season's pretty awesome. So it is, you know, bite, bite your tongue, because it's... It's just mean white people being mean. It's mean white people. Mean uh, rich white people. Yeah. yeah. But the writing is great and the performances are great and the, and the filming is cool. So I'm excited to talk about that. But Keith, I want to jump right in. But we'll wait, take, no. Oh, we should something? say we should say, uh, oh, we yeah. should say one more thing. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's Pride Month. Yes, it is. So a happy Pride to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, I, I got some incredibly cute pictures of my my nephew and my brother, who's his father, and. Going with grandma and grandpa to uh, Essex, Vermont Pride. Awesome! Uh, it was it was really cute. Had the whole family like sitting there watching, you know, like whatever the show was. And I was like, this is like the most wholesome picture I've ever seen. So uh, happy Pride, everybody! This is a this is a time where uh, people in that community are kind of under threat, and uh, it is it is sort of important, more you know, as important now as it's ever been. So uh, we stand with you. And mm-hmm. uh, we're we're proud to uh, proud to be friends of the community. And I have to say, you know, f- f- <laughs> find if you need to the least you can do. I- I'll tell you here in my community, I- I'm. It's not. I wouldn't call it a conservative area, but it's not as liberal as I'm used to in New York. Socially liberal as I'm used sure. to in, in the city, and so it's harder to find. You're, it's not the, that community and that kind of community support is not just uh, ubiquitous, there. you know. So I, it was pretty cool driving down the way. There is a, a local Starbucks, and I know you think Starbucks, oh, mega chain, but they're they have their own kind of fingerprints and their own, you know, franchise vibes. And the Starbucks over here amidst this kind of. Uh, it's Pennsylvania, so it, it's it it's, it's purple amidst amidst this uh, purple oh, 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 area. Amidst, yeah. I thought it was emitting a mist. Uh, no, there is this Starbucks. It's just like pride flags flapping in the breeze. They got their whole window painted the the rainbow, and I was like going to this Starbucks, and the staff was doing all kinds of cool stuff in there. They had all these. It, um, they were having like a in in the vibe of the uh, the drag show reading library uh mm-hmm. vibe they had all these um 
inclusive coloring books laid out all and over the tables for the kids to color. And so I, it's just oh, fun. a lot of cool stuff happening and activities in this local Starbucks. So I'm like, I'm going to the Starbucks. So find your yeah. way to contribute to no, and, in, and, your, in your local place. And I, you know, and I know that people are watching this from all over the country and all mm-hmm. over the world, you know, not very many of them, but they are spread all over the place. Um, you know, and, and understanding that, you know, uh, it is not that way in a lot of places in the, in the country mm-hmm. and, uh, for those places where that's not happening and it's not safe and, and, and your rights are not being protected. Uh, we, we stand with you and, and we wish, uh, we wish you the best and we, we've got your back in whatever way we can. Uh, and you know, worst case scenario, go to Vermont, mm. uh, where the, the Essex is Essex, Vermont. It's a, it's a you know, by the national standards, a, a tiny little town in, in Vermont. And they, they had their little pride festival there and, uh, got over a thousand people, which for Vermont is giant. Um, and it was so over, they had so many more people than they expected. All the uh, all the food trucks ran out of food. Oh wow! And I'm like, that's a really good sign. Yeah. So uh, next year, bigger. Time to go to the fairgrounds, folks. So, guys, it's the summer. The pool's open. The movies are popping right now. And yeah, I went to the movie theater this week, and people are going to the movies, and it's. Both a little, for those of us who are like, I know I've been a little bit more going out a little bit more than you, Keith, so I'm a little bit more comfortable, but yet still, packed places still give me the kind of, I got some triggers, but along with that, there's a bit of, there's a little excitement that there is a return taking place. I'm not, I'm not discounting the dangers that are still real, the precautions you can and still and should take, but there is a social excitement. You know, There, as much as I love watching my films here, there is something about going to the movies. There is an experience that sure. can't be replicated, the group watch, and also sound that just obliterates your human. And, you know, the picture that's a thousand feet tall and all of those things. So anyway, you'll know, recall, uh, longtime Geekly listeners, Keith's mom. Literally just my yes, mom. Yes, will recall that my most anticipated movie of the summer is and was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was one of my favorite movies of a few years ago. And I talked about how it's the, the artwork, the animation was just incredible. The storytelling was great. Was the representation great. was, was so great. Good. You saw yeah. it, yes. Yeah, I did see it. I loved it. So in the interim between then and now, I can't even remember when that came out. It feels like ages ago. Anything that took place before COVID feels like just forever ago. But animation it, it, into the Spider-Verse has become sort of a foundation of a renaissance in an animation, whereas it used to be a race to photorealism. Right. right? Your, your Pixar's or your CGI or whatnot, or a replication of hand-drawn animation in the Disney vein. This... Into the Spider-Verse gave courage and gave, I guess, carte blanche to animation to kind of do and be anything and be creative and get wacky and wild. And also, multiverse movies have sort of become flavor of the week. So, right. And it was sort of the leading edge of it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was yeah. right then, right before Marvel sort of did their whole endgame scenario, and then we had a, my fa- one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. 
And so the question then became becomes, now that the things that this was the bleeding edge of and had the courage to do are sort of ubiquitous, can it meet itself where it was? Can it push forward even more? Will I like it as much? Will it be, will they play it safe? All of those questions come into play. Keith, I'm happy to report, this movie is, in my humble opinion, an actual masterpiece. Really? So I really thought, I came home that night and I thought about sitting at my computer and actually writing a review to read on the show because I have so many specific thoughts. And then I realized that there are so many people on the internet who do this better, websites and such. This is a more casual conversation, so I'm not gonna go and try to emulate that. If you are really interested, read some of the great writing that's been done. But I wanna just capture a couple of reasons why I think this was so amazing. Number one, so on a macro level, comic books as an art form, I think you know they got their starts in a very they got it their start in a very pulpy manner. They were very they were very pulpy and, and throwaway. And in the interim between the, the beginnings and the nows, it's become a beautiful, multifaceted, universal. I mean, it's it's it. Yes, they started here, but now they are global, and they've become just a very pure art form on their own, storytelling medium on their own, uh, in many ways, just like pop culture art, pop art, modern art. Mm, and sure. what we've done in the, in the movies, at least over the past decade, two decades, is try to take that and say, okay, now, but what if that was real? But what if that was uh, grounded in real life? See the MCU, see, you know. And there's been some success in that area, and there's been some failures in that area. I mean, I think the Superman, the, the Donner Super, Superman films is, is our highlights. The, the Nolan Batman films are highlights. Oh, Keith is on mute and talking on the side. Anyway, I'll continue to talk about it. So, There are plenty of highlights and plenty of reasons why that works and why it's cool and it's a great experiment, but lost in that is the fact that these superhero stories are are maybe best told in comic book form. So why not find a way to show a comic book on film? Instead of Mm. trying to bridge that gap, let's not bridge it at all. Let's use the strengths of comics Mm. on film. That's and, a very interesting way to put that, And yeah. no film has ever done that better than this one. I'll start from a purely aesthetic, visual standpoint. This is the most beautiful animation I've ever seen. That's including the Disney hand-drawn animations. That's including the most photorealistic Pixar you've ever seen because they don't just use it as a visual device, it's a storytelling device. Mm. There's so much happening here, I can't even begin to describe it. Every character that appears on the screen, and there are hundreds of Easter eggs, thousands of Easter eggs for those of people who are really into Marvel or really into Spider-Man. I'm not nearly deep enough down that well to have caught all the Easter eggs, but still, there are never Easter eggs for just a goof. There's always a reason. And every time they decide to do a pull of a Spider-Man from a different universe or a different comic book, there's always a visual representation of that character from that comic 
be it in art style or the way it's animated. So there could be times where what, three characters are on screen together being animated with a different visual style mm, at different three different ways at, at yeah. different frame rates, different dimensions. One might be three D animated, the other is two D animated, or 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 pointillist or watercolored, and it, it's the sheer audacity of even attempting really cool. that is incredible. Yeah. And there are entire universes that are painted in watercolor, and you could see where they'll choose to have characters be sort of statically animated, so it's not at 30, it's not at 24, it may be 15 frames per second or whatnot, whatever their style is. But as they're trying to, and it's not just to be cool looking, there's an emotional scene happening, I'm trying to give anything away, and they'll have the watercolor, maybe it's there's something sad happening, and so the watercolor background will start to, will start to drip. The yeah. paint will start to drip. And wow. it's everything, every every animation decision or choice has has a creative, visual, and emotional grounding and reason for existing. And they're all happening at the same time. Well, it sounds like one of those like amazing intersections of inspiration and technology mm -hmm. where we, we're finally at the technological standpoint where you can literally do everything you can imagine. Well, you'll recall, remember when I was kind of discussing avatars, the new avatars, sort of a, Cameron's attempt to use frame rates, right. to, at changing frame rates to tell, uh, to, to help aid the narrative, and I, it, it jarred me. This does it very successfully. An animation. Well, it sounds like what Cameron was doing was like, okay, here comes cool action, mm -hmm. not I'm supporting the emotional storytelling. Well, I'm sure he would probably argue the opposite, but it wasn't effective for me. This, here it's effective. So that's visually, I could go on and on and on. Literally every frame of this movie, print it, frame it, put it in the MoMA. It, it is that beautiful. Let's go to sound design. They All the action sequences are incredible in a way that cartoon, it harkens back to like 90s cartoons, the X-Men cartoon, where action was awesome anime because you didn't have to have the close fight you could use you know boom pow poof. like you could use right. text you could use uh, you could use comic book frames where something's happening in the background but in the foreground there's like static cool hero just images blown up out of proportion uh, <laughs> it's it's really hard to describe with words but on top of that these cool action sequences the needle drops the sound design, multicultural sound design. There's there's like a a Latin vibe to some of it. There's it's still hip hop in some ways. There are mashups. There are actual songs. It is so contemporary. It's it made me feel both included in this sort of very fresh young vibe, but also feel very old <laughs> in that <laughs> I'm just not. I didn't recognize any of the music. I, I just, it didn't matter though, because it was so cool and so exhilarating. And also they had opera pulls if it, if it, if it was appropriate to the epic scene. They had more laid back, like 70s vibe. They, they, it's just as specific yet hugely inclusive, uh, broad 
musically as it is visually. It's it's unbelievable. And then on top of that, Keith, at its heart, it's a story about forging your own identity amidst people and society telling you what you should or can or can't be, as well as a story about parenthood and being the child of a parent. All of those things are happening in a movie. So those are those are like very general feelings. I, I just, my biggest thing is it was full of children. This theater was full of children. I'm thinking to myself in my grumpy way, man, they're gonna ruin this for me. <laughs> they're gonna ruin this children's movie be for chatting. me, the 40 year old man. It's two hour, two and a half hours, two hours and 15 minutes. I mean, it's a long movie. And wow. uh, kids, you know, kids are gonna kid. Keith, this movie captivated. I looked around, people's jaws, kids, shh, quiet, pin mm. drop quiet cheering at the places you should cheer, just absolutely spellbinding. You could tell people realizing, oh, we're in, we're watching something great. Now, my one criticism, and it's, it, it is what it is. What I didn't know going in is that there is a second part to this movie that's coming out in March, next March. Oh, interesting. So this is really kind of a two-parter. Mm -hmm. I didn't, they don't really make that clear in the marketing. And so at the two hour and 15 minute mark, you're like, oh man, I really feel like the third act is gonna have to be quick because yeah, how are we gonna, we gonna pull wrap this, this off? up? Yeah. And then the music starts to swell and our, our some of our protagonists are left in a precarious scenario. And you're like, holy crap, is this movie, does this movie have the audacity? Are they gonna end it here? And they do. And it is like a boop, like cliffhanger. Well, but but that is comic book. That's that pulp. is comic that book. Is, it, that is also going, representing its art form. So Every, every G.I. Joe comic book I have right behind me ends in a cliffhanger. I, I think that's a very salient point. Um, and because the movie isn't far away, it's only six to nine months away, I think that it's, it's, not, it's not like we're waiting years. And also I think there is a story, a contained story and ideas that are fully fleshed out in this. So it's not... It's just you want you don't want it to be over, which is you could kind of like be say as a pro or a con. I just can't believe they were able to do it again. And it's just an incredible experience. And if you can if you can get yourself to a movie theater, if you can see it on a huge screen with really good audio, I really recommend not waiting till this one comes on streaming. Try like the first and here's the here's where American audiences are like, maybe they're not. The MCU hasn't ruined them, right? This Into the Spider-Verse opened at, I think their opening haul was about $33 million. That's nothing to sniff at, but it's not, it's not great. This movie opened at $137 million Wow. on the opening weekend. So it like quadrupled where it was. And well, I the think first it's, one was great. It stands to be in the top five of the box office this summer, and that is pretty awesome so support this film uh there are some like it it's incredible and so many things i just it's a it's a high recommend so that's across the spider-verse keith let's pop to you you've been watching something not this <laughs> yes no uh yeah so uh, i have been so recently i mean if i'm assuming most people watching this are already sort of aware of this discovery plus and mm -hmm. hbo max merged yep um, and, uh, so now we're all paying more for, you know, 
whatever, but we're getting more. And so I was not a Discovery Plus subscriber. And so when it, when it uh, merged, it gave me access to uh, one of my old favorites, old guilty favorites, the reality series Gold Rush. This is which, older, uh, right? It's it's in its like 11th or 12th season now. And it's had like 100 different spinoffs. I'll never be able to watch all of it. And uh, speaking of just like a thing that you wouldn't expect me to be into... Um, it's basically a reality series about uh, gold miners in Alaska. Hey, I'm up. I'm up. Um, and uh, and so it's it's a uh, it's literally just following three different uh, sets of miners setting up their wash plants and 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 digging in dirt and washing the rocks to try to uh, collect gold. Um, and it is incredibly well put together you know and, and it's incredible incredibly compelling um you know there's a couple things about it like one um <laughs> there are things that that it makes me nervous about mm-hmm. <laughs> right um like i i haven't looked up behind the scenes about this because a it's reality tv so who knows how much of this is actually real it seems realish i mean it's obviously edited and put together in a way to make it compelling but like it feels like roughly what's happening is what i'm seeing um Two, like God knows, you know these are th- these are like you know rough and tumble miners out out in the, in the middle of nowhere. Like I don't necessarily want to be googling their political beliefs right. or this that the other thing. Right, um, right. So I'm not doing that. Um, you know, three, they do address it a little bit, um, the environmental impact of this type of mining. Um, but uh, you know, I don't really know enough about it to speak on it. They at least make a nod to. Um, you know, it is important that they put the land back as they found it once they're mm-hmm. done sort of mining all of this stuff. Um, you know, but uh, just from a pure entertainment standpoint, um, to just watch these guys, especially in the earlier seasons when they're really, really underdogs. Um, and and we it starts off following uh, a group of folks who have never gold mined before. They're, you know, it was during the economic collapse in, you know, in the like 08, 09 where they all quit their construction jobs and went up to go went up to Alaska to like chase their dreams mining gold. Well, as it turns out, they were wildly and hilariously incompetent. <laughs> um, and we essentially the show just like you know what I, we encountered some competent people. We're going to make the show about them. Um, and it becomes about the this guy in the center. His name is Parker Schnavel, who when we begin the series, he's I think fourteen years old. Oh really? That's cool. and and he's there with his grandpa, who's like ninety something, and he encounters our crew, and then over the subsequent twelve years that this, this thing has been happening, um, they uh, Parker becomes he strikes out on his own and starts his own claim, and now is like a just he's I mean this he's probably twenty four. He has this gigantic mining operation pulling in millions of dollars in gold. Good for you, Parker. Um, yeah, and. And Schneebling, yes. Ned Schneebling? Yes, but his, you know, his relationship with his grandfather was really sweet, and um, and it's and it's kind of cool, you know. And and you know, the they they find these people out there who are just like absolute lunatic. Tony beats the guy with the beard. Uh, reminds me so much of my father. My father is not an asshole like like Tony beats is, but there's a certain like uh, aesthetic of like, I just hit it with something. I don't care if it does, you know, just like, it's all going to fall apart. And so there's endless sort of calamities and the machinery breaks down and they're moving big stuff around. And it's, it taps into that, like dude who grew up in the woods part of me 
that really enjoys watching them, you know, beat on heavy machinery. But there's also just the excitement. Every episode ends with each of the teams like weighing their gold. How much money did they make? Did they lose a ton of money? And like, yes, they're bringing in a lot of money, but the economics of it, they have to like put out $2 million at the beginning of a season just to get set up and pay for the mining rights and get the equipment which is always breaking. And then you have to like, as the season goes on, are they going to be able to survive? Right. Are they going to make it? Um, you know, it's, it's really well uh, written television and it's uh it's good fun so uh if that if that sounds like something you might enjoy you can check out the entire run of the series on max it's not hbo max it's just max um and uh yeah it's just it's something completely different from the usual stuff did uh, they bring I, over the entire discovery plus catalog i believe so yeah oh that's or at of... least a very large portion of it that's pretty um, cool yeah so it's 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 a great like second screen Mm-hmm. Right, I can I can watch it while I'm working or whatever, um, and you do you you become invested in these lunatics up up in the, up in Alaska, you know, just just barely hanging on, pulling in gold. Um, That's and cool. So yeah, so a you know, who stuff, knows? You know, like I like pickers, and I, there's a bunch of those that are oddly compelling. I think casting is a huge part of that because mm-hmm. you know some of these people are really fascinating, and you know. It's also tricky because, like you said, some turn out to be a little bit more problematic than others. So yeah, and you know, and I don't know. I, I you know, I I hope not. <laughs> I hope right. they're not that problematic. Um, you know, they're they're certainly you know portrayed relatively well on the show, but I mean, Lord knows, of course, that's what it is. Um, you know, but they've. I think the production team of this has been very smart about following where the story is. Mm. So, like you know. Both, both, actually, all three of the main people who are doing it now came on as like secondary people, and the show sort of ended up following them, and who are now like the main stars of the show. So, uh, anyway, good fun, completely different. If you wanted like a little palate cleanser from all the geeky stuff, you know, go watch some Gold Rush. It's probably all fake, and pro- they're probably all problematic and horrible. And there's, I'm going to find out like, oh God, I should be terrible for watching this. But you know what? I watch it and I enjoy it. So there you go. Lastly, I just want to quickly mention I watched a movie. You got a new Blackberry. I got a new Blackberry. You know, I never had a Blackberry. Did you have a Blackberry? No. I jumped right through from my like Cricket uh, flip phone, Nokia flip phone to the iPhone 1, uh, which is. I had, a, I had a flippy, yeah. I had a flippy with a keyboard, mm. but not, it was not a, a Blackberry. Uh, there was, I worked for a company quickly that they wanted to, us to have Palm Pilots, but I left that job and then went right to the iPhone, which is interesting because it, it dovetails with this movie. So Blackberry is a 2023 Canadian movie. Uh, and Canada's cool because they like help subsidize a lot of their films and, and things. So this is a Canadian bio, bi, biographical comedy drama about the history of Blackberry. And uh, it's directed by Matt Johnson and it's got, some really great performances by uh, Glenn Howerton, who's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, in a completely kind of different role for him. Uh, and um, what's his name? J. Brockel? Brockel? You can, the, the, that's the guy on the left there. He, I can't remember. I forget how you know his name. You know him from a lot of stuff. He's a comedian. You, you know Jay Brockel. Yeah. And it, it was really interesting because I, I, I had heard that this movie was good. Uh, it's a kind of an indie darling, and I had you know had to go to an indie movie theater to see it, and I had to kind of research some ones. But I was able to actually uh, a friend of mine was able to get me a screener, and a, uh, an Academy screener, so I was able to check it out. Uh, but it is coming to VOD in the next week or two. It might be already out by the time this this podcast airs. So 
you could probably find it and you, it will be available. And it's it's really interesting. I knew nothing of this story. And it it's in the vein of your social network or that movie just came out that's about uh, the dramatization of the, the Theranos thing. You know, there's people are into like corporate stuff. Oh, that movie just came out about the Nike shoes, uh, Air. Oh, yeah. Just I mean, like, ba- basically, it's the same thing as succession, like rich white people yeah, behaving like badly. Business deals. It's a yeah. whole genre. Yeah, and these were like kind of underdog dudes who became huge, a huge success, and then in literal, literally no time at all, they went from 40% market share of, of phones to zero in like that, because Apple just ate their face. And it kind of uh, is... It dramatizes a lot of it. I uh, some of the th- reasons, like they came up with their name and different things, are seem to strain a little credulity. But it seems to me like it is how it it happened. Uh, so it's a a fast watch. It's the performances are absolutely astounding. Really great. It is funny. This is one of those experiences, though. If I'm being honest, I would have rather watched the documentary. I, I, it, it's mm. it's 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 interesting enough and smart enough that I would have liked a three four part documentary where we kind of got to see. Well, it's probably coming. They all, they always come in bundles. Yeah, that's like a good this. point. Because truth be told, it felt a little short, and it felt like we took giant leaps in time where mm. stuff must have happened, and it just all felt kind of glanced through. And yeah, but it but. I want to support them because it's clearly sort of a really low budget indie thing, and 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 uh, it's there's so much hockey in this, Keith. <laughs> there's so many like analogies oh. of hockey, so I know it's right up your alley. Well, and 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 one of the things that that I I love most about Jay Baruchel's work is is Goon, mm-hmm. and and the and its sequel. Well, like fantastic movie. Go watch it. So, like, not to give too much away, but the the guy in the foreground here, Jim. He he became their C- CEO, and he was like he was able to poach a bunch of engineers from Google, Microsoft, Intel by illegally giving them backdated stock options to offer them just like ten million dollars in stock that was wasn't really it was an all inflated so it was all BS. He was and at and then his kind of hubris led him. He tried to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins and move them to Canada. so it was like all kinds of crazy stuff happening and then the nhl owners were like no they they shut it down it's all this kind of cool stuff i didn't know was happening great stories about nhl shenanigans yeah so it's a cool movie it's it's definitely worth it's a breezy watch i i I hope i'm waiting for the the um the the docuseries like i said so yeah it's it's okay it's all right uh, okay. there, right. Next week we'll talk about. I started watching. There's a thirty for thirty on the American Gladiators that I'm really interested in. So, but you never watched. I, I learned this week, Keith, that yeah. you never watched American Gladiators, which is well, it was on NBC. Didn't get NBC. A staple of '90s early reality television that is just batshit. You got to watch. I couldn't watch <laughs> NBC. There was a mountain in the way between us and. Guess the what? American Gladiators is available to stream, and it's available on like you know. Tubi and Pluto TV and all those free things, you got to watch some American Gladiators, Keith. It is, so, and <clears throat> it is so Keith Varney. 
it's like American Gladiator. Yeah, is this? because it's pro wrestling and right. uh, sports and competition and reality shows and nineties. It's very Keith Varney. American Gladiators, <laughs> high recommend. <laughs> and also, you never saw. Speaking of the early nineties, you never saw The Little Mermaid. Never saw it. I've you, never to this seen, day, you've never seen The Little Mermaid. Never seen it. I, oh, I, saw an, the, I saw the Broadway. I saw the that Broadway. It's an outrage. It's not. I can't stand. It can't stand. It was. I, you know, I, I as a, we had, <laughs> Mike it has had a the long prototypical. It is the the definition of the I want song. That movie is it. No, no, I I, I respect it very much. I mean, I'm familiar with it from the from the musical. I saw that, of course, and and like I'm a, I'm aware of it. I know the score. I know that I know the pieces of it. But it just it never like came across. Like we we were renting Never Ending Story. We we wanted like some like dark German existential children's movies. And uh, we didn't like the the Disney, like the Lion King and the uh, Beauty and the Beast and all those. And Aladdin, I think we saw Aladdin in the theaters, but the rest of it, like, it just wasn't really my jam. Like, wow. so I, I saw them at like friends' houses and we never watched The Little Mermaid. Oh, God. American I mean, Idol, American Gladiator, American Idol, American Gladiators and The Little Mermaid Keith has never seen. Okay, well, you just know what? Because, just because Ariel in a towel was your first love does not mean... My mom still got that towel. Uh, Keith, I also wanted to mention- <laughs> Still in rotation, story baby. Story for another time, but for a brief period of time, for about a month, I dated a girl, and remember we were sitting at, what was that like pasta place over by your old apartment? Oh. With the brick, like, it was like all brick exterior. Oh, I think it's the brick. The brick, yeah. The brick. <laughs> the brick. We were having, we were eating there one time, and we were kind of like chatting, and um, it was early days. We, well, I mean, we didn't date for very long. It was like a Match.com scenario, and it just didn't right, work right, out. Right. But I was like, what do your parents do? She's like, they're Alaskan gold miners. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, which is kind of funny. Uh, quick, Quickly, do you have a, do you have a weekly rad? Uh, weekly rad? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I will, I will say this for uh, coming out of my surgery. My, my, my weekly rad was how well I was taken care of at the... And my 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 doctor was was surgeon was excellent. Um, I, I heard that we talked after the surgery, but I don't remember it. Uh, but the but the nursing staff and at the uh, I, sh- I should actually look up what the uh, uh, what whatever. But uh, anyway, here in, here in New Jersey, um, that was I was really uh, really pleased by how professional and how supportive and how um, like not awful and scary as it could have been. Mm-hmm. That it was my first surgery. So I'd never, never been through that, never, never gone through that, you know, and it's a pretty, it's intense. It's kind of scary and exposing and weird and, and, uh, but everybody there was really kind and really supportive and, uh, made that experience much less awful than Mm. it could have been. So that I, I appreciate, you know, our healthcare system is wildly broken and messed up. And, you know, this, the surgery ended up costing me about $2,000, even though I'm paying 500 bucks a month for insurance. Mm. Because our insur- our system is messed up, but the people doing it, um, you know, from the nurses to the techs to the orderlies, whatever they were, they were excellent, and I really appreciated uh, the care they took of this poor guy. Yeah, I'll just quickly say, you know, I've been. Uh, I think it's cool. It's scary. We've talked about AI. There's so much scary stuff, but you know, for work recently, I've been. We're being forced. Not forced. That's the wrong word. We're exploring a lot of different uh, voice AI, digital AI, uh, systems AI, different different AIs across our suite of needs. 
And I'm lucky enough to be on one of the teams that is doing some of the A-B testing and different stuff. And it's been really cool to see how not scary some of the stuff is. You can play it out into its scary elements, uh, but there, I'm choosing a positive task, positive track this week. In fact, you know, if you look at some of the backgrounds uh, that we're playing with, if, if you happen to be checking out our YouTube show uh, this week, like this Gold Rush thing here, the only the logo in the middle where it says Gold Rush is the image I pulled from the Discovery site. Everything behind it is all generated from AI. So as long as, so you basically just make three selections, Keith. Like the, you know, you you select the empty spots of your screen. You make sure you tag, you know, you take a little bit of the source material here, and it completely was able to use the it tone map, out the mountains, the tone mapping, the the kind of vibe, a lot of the, and 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 you can also isolate this foreground here, and I could type in something if I wanted to. I could say put this on a reflective lake, and it would create a lake with reflections, yeah. light diffraction of these characters it's pretty cool what you can do and obviously if you want to touch it up you got to have still have the graphic designer skills so yeah for now uh but if you're just kind of trying to create a background for a a, a, a podcast it, it, pretty quick pretty fast pretty impressive it's very impressive so there's some cool stuff happening and adobe and some of the other uh bigger companies are rolling it out in beta and allowing you to check it out without having to like, you know, spend gajillions of dollars. But in some ways I'm happy it is behind a paywall for most people because the second it gets out to the masses, the super masses, I think we're, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. They're be coming interesting for our nether regions. Yeah. So anyway, folks, that's, uh, that's Geekly this week. We're glad to be back. You can check out our other shows if you're interested in the nonsense we're doing. In fact, our patrons are watching us play the newest Star Trek game. It's called Star Trek Resurgence. It's a sort of a point-and-click adventure narrative thing. It's, it's fun, pretty, though. It's yeah, fun. we had fun. It's kind of Im- more immersive than I expected. We're, we are, Keith and I are now, co- or we're first chair on a, a new ship. There's all kind of nonsense happening, lots of toggling of switches and pulling and, and bleepings. We almost blew you some people up. You can see it at patreon.com slash K&M. Yeah, the first episode will air on YouTube, but then we're going to finish it up on the patrons because we want to say thanks to them for checking out us and helping us with the monies. You can also like and subscribe down below. We, we also watch Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Strange New Worlds every week, and we do that on the YouTube, so make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to get going here. But I just want to say, until we talk to you next week, don't let anyone yuck your yum, you know? Just keep on doing the things you find fun. And Keith, as we say every week, keep on geeking on. <laughs>